everybody and welcome to the first Madness Records podcast. Today I have got Mr. Danny Hems with us. All right, mate, how are you doing? Yes, good, thank you, Lawrence. How are you? So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for anybody out there who'll be watching this who may not be aware of the sort of sort of music that you do? Um, yeah, so I'm relatively new, uh, coming out onto solo stuff for myself. Um, it's always hard when you try and pin yourself down to define to people why they should or what you do. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's it's just free loving, fun loving, carefree acoustic guitar and sing songs. Really, I think that's the best way to describe it. Sort of bit of Jamie T, bit streetsy, bit bit of everything that I've ever listened to. Really, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, this is also a, spe a very special moment for you as well because you've just signed a recording contract with us at Madness Records, haven't you? Yes, yes. So, yeah, so all opt in now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it signed my life away to, to, to you boys. And it's only, it's only two years. It's only two years. two years. Two years to... To yeah, hopefully create some magic and get some good stuff going and create a bit of momentum. Well, you've heard it here first, everybody. So as soon as Danny starts getting some stuff out there ready for everybody to listen and any other labels out there that might be watching this and thinking they can get a hold of Danny, nah, you've got two years to wait. He's ours. <laughs> I've got my madness family for a, for a bit of time. Hells yeah. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about the influences in music and to how you got into it yourself? Um, so I, th I think, I mean, my biggest influence was always Blink-182. Um, Love that. Grew up with them. Yeah, good, strong band. Just just a whole lot of fun. And you don't have to be, aside from Travis, you don't have to be the most technically gifted musician to create an atmosphere or create a show. And I think... That to me was was what pulled me in was the fact that they were having a lot of fun and just creating. I don't know, like some. I mean, some of the biggest hits that still go around today are, are from Blink, and I think they just created songs that we could all sing along to, but everyone can also play. Like you know, you, it tends to be one of the first first few songs that you ever tend to learn on guitar is some sort of Nirvana or Blink or Green Day, it seems. Which um, you know, I think they're the they're the the thrash artists that sort of help pull people into figuring out how to play instruments. So, yeah, Blink was my my big influence, my big pull in. And I sort of since then, sort of taste the change. So, sort of Frank Turner, The Streets, Jamie T, Tom Mish, Hippocampus, all quite a wide spectrum of different artists that bring different things to what they want their instrument to sound like, which I think is really interesting. Well, it was certainly a very, very wide net that you've uh, portrayed there. So, well, that's, that's good. Can you describe what your creative process is for when you're creating your music, you know, from the idea to the conception, to putting it down and actually getting it like done and out there? Yeah, I think it completely depends on what song I'm working on or what kind of frame of mind I'm in. It's all really dependent on what, what the time is literally i think it's all dependent on time because sometimes i can 
I can just keep going round with the same four chords and then it's just something starts stewing and starts clicking and then a song develops on from that or it's it's being out and sort of singing a hook in your head and then writing down that hook and working backwards from that hook where that hook's going to sit in the song. Um, I think Yeah, I think it depends what kind of headspace you're in, whether you're up or down, um, where I start from. So whether that would be with the instrument or with the lyrics themselves or... Um, you know, with the with the drum track or with how I want the ambient sound to sound like, I, th I think it all depends on yeah where I'm where I'm at in life and what track I'm working on at that very moment. Awesome! And if anyone out there is actually wanting to listen to what Danny has done so far before he actually signed with us, we are going to have his links down in the description. So I highly recommend that you check him out because he is a very talented guy. And you know he's he needs he deserves a lot of credit. He, the stuff that he's done, especially the stuff that he submitted to us, was mind blowing, absolutely phenomenal stuff. And that's just my opinion. So check it out, and then let us know what your thoughts are. <laughs> Good plug there. Good plug. That's what I do. That is what I do. So, are you currently working on any projects at the moment? So I'm. I'm I've gone a bit dark at the minute because I've had a bit of a shift into London, um, sort of just get myself into new ropes with a new job. Um, but I am working on uh, an EP that my target would be to at least have the shape by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's now, now I'm in a space where I can, I can create a bit more freer. I just need to step back away from the projects and just sort of give them a good listen to and, sort of not rush out what I think is worth rushing out yet. I think there's still some work to be done on it. And I think there's still some, um, some conversations to be had around uh, how best or what is really best and what's going to sell best in regards to what I'm, the content that I'm creating. But I am, I am sat on, I am sat on the material, um, which I'm really hoping to just be able to start crafting and, into a lot more detail than I have done with previous work. Well, you've heard it here first, so he plans to have an EP release later in the year, near the end of the year, to be exact. So that should be fun. The shape. Hopefully, we can Hopefully. get it out next Hopefully. year. The well, shape, I'm, the I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could. Push <laughs> hard. Well, yeah, I'm sure we could. So um, with this EP, do you plan to have any collaborations on it? Like... Uh, and if there was any, if you do, who who is the one artist you would most love to do a collaboration with? Oh God, that's a tough question. That is a really, um, I don't, I've not considered any collabs. I've not really considered putting any any other artists on at the minute. Um, and I don't know whether that's just to keep the this first project purely as something that's for myself, or I've just not written written a song that I think somebody. I need to invite somebody on onto yet, yeah. so you know that that could always change um, in six months. Currently, no, but that you know that could that could always change. Um, as for who would I want, I think again that completely depends on the song. If it if it was um, if it was a little bit more of a a sort of to and fro boy girl song, I don't know. I feel like passively walk oh, off. Maybe Lucy Spraggan. She'd always be good fun to have on a track. I think if it was something uh, dual vocals, maybe Frank Turner or uh, Beans on Toast. 
Yeah, I think it depends on what I'd write. I think it depends <laughs> on what I'd write. Just depends on what sort of feeling you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. And who I'd yeah. want to meet. <laughs> Well, fair enough. That's a very honest answer, then. <laughs> uh, it's my understanding that you're actually going to be performing uh, very soon in the next couple of weeks. In fact, am I right? Yes, end of uh, end of July. I think that. Yeah. Cool. You've got me now, isn't it? Like, I'm trying to think. Let me find them. Uh, yeah, end of July. So Bed Fringe um, on the thirty-first. Yeah. So Saturday, thirty-first July. I will be um, up at Bed Fringe at the Quarry Theatre as part of Bender Takeover Sessions, um, which would be great fun. Yeah, that'll be the first gig since going solo, since signing to you guys. So it's all sort of coming on at one time. Um, yeah, I'm on at five. Should be good fun. Some new bits in there, some old bits in there, some real familiar songs, some unfamiliar songs. Uh, look at some covers, sort of a bit of a spectrum of, of work to, to take the up there. And, yeah, and see and see what lands and what doesn't land, because I think you're always trying out material as well. Well, you heard it there first, uh, everybody. He's going to be trying a bit of everything. <laughs> if you want, uh, we do actually have the details of the of uh, Danny's performance on our website. You just go to www.madnessrecords.co.uk, go over to the shows, and you'll see it there. Uh, I think you can also get your tickets if you want to buy tickets for the uh, for it. You can do it through our, our site as well. And any yes. other relevant links we will have down in the description below as well for you. <laughs> Click. So where have you performed like in the past and where have your favourite and least favourite venues been for you to perform Ooh. in? Uh-huh. Um, oh, crikey. So we've done... Well, I'm a part of a two piece as well, or a part of a band called The Homegrown. Um, sort of, we play ad hoc at the minute, um, just because of the climate. Uh, but we've 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 done some great places. We played um, played the Tram Shed. We opened up for Black Grape at the Tram Shed in Cardiff. Um, and I think probably my favourite place I've ever played is uh is Merthyr Tidfield is the Merthyr Rising Festival down that way. So it's a great festival, good weekend to just get on it. And just in, there's some incredible musicians down there. I think being surrounded by that much talent is just insane. Um, as for the worst gig, oof. if we, you don't want to name them, if you don't want to no, name I them, it's fine. If you don't want to burn your bridge, it's fine. I think it was a self-created gig. We created it ourselves, and we had we had um, a not not the best PA system on, and it all went a bit. It was in a hall that was an ex-church, so the sound was just messy. Um, but but we got through it. <laughs> we made the gig happen. But yeah, that was probably one of the um, one of the, one of the trickiest, I'd say, rather than the worst. One of the most difficult. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So with that, then, what is the most trouble that you've gotten yourself into then? What with music with anything? Oh, it doesn't matter so long as it's not like you know a crime. It should be okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. I've been trying to think of like what what the most. It's like that Theresa May moment, isn't it? Like running through wheat fields. Like that's not trouble, though, is it? What What have I done? That's got me into a lot of trouble. 
I've really done. I think I've gone out of it so quickly that I've not. I've not really contemplated the problem. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think I dwell on it too much. The fact that if I've ever got into trouble, <laughs> so I'm, I'm oh wow, boy. oh wow. Okay, I'm a good boy. Okay, okay. If you say so. So the what is the message that you would like to like give for your fans? Like, and if there's like any message like, in your music that you do, is. Um, I think my biggest message through my music, not necessarily through the songs, but, but just through the creation of the songs, is just have a go. It's just pick up an instrument and have a go. Everybody's got a voice, everybody's got a sound. It's about how you find the right instrument and find the tone, the sound that works for you. Um, I've played with plenty of people that have started from nothing and they're probably better musicians than I am now. And it's the reason is because they picked up and sang along. And I think people people underestimate how good they can actually be with an instrument because I think everyone thinks it has to be pristine and technically perfect and they're afraid to get things wrong whereas constantly I get th until the final product I'm constantly getting things wrong and I think that is the best thing to do with music is to find the wrong note and then then you're sure that you've got the right note when you find it so my biggest message is just for people to pick up play sing along you can start with my songs, listen to them. They're, they're, they're the simplest things that you can play along to, the simplest thing you can sing along to. Start there, get your first guitar, come tour with me. Come tour with me. Well, there you go, everybody. That's an invitation right there if I ever heard one. Pick up a guitar. Doesn't matter if you're good or bad. You can just go tour with them. It's fine. Because so, bearing on that, I am actually myself one amazing singer i am probably the best singer in the entirety of the world i can see that can but see i don't that. perform because then i want to give normal people some hope that's fair that's valid yeah well that's nice that you've taken yourself out of the uh out of the race there just to make just to just make, to make it fair yeah yeah so they can live a bit of life yeah that's really that's i, I respect that i've got a lot of respect for that a lot of time oh thank you oh thank you <laughs> Oh, thanks. So, moving on, can you tell me if you have a useless talent? I have a useless talent? Oh. Um, there was a period of time that I could guess breast size by glance, but I don't know whether that's PC anymore. No, I don't think that's that PC was, anymore. My first couple of years at uni, that was what I could do, and I was pretty spot on. Um, I... I think that's just called being a southerner, though. I think it's called being a bit... Pervy? Yeah. Not pervy. I think a bit a bit too excitable. Um, what useless talent do I have? That's a, that's a real dander. Like what can I, I, I? All talents are talent can't be useless, surely. Well, I can roll my tongue. That's pretty useless. Can't really use that talent for anything out in the outside world, can't you? You can, you can use it somewhere, but it just depends. <laughs> See, I wouldn't say that's useless. I can find a use in almost every talent. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <clears throat> I can run my phone, but that's not useless. 
I'm, I'm, I'm putting that in the useful category. Uh huh. Right. Okay. Uh, swiftly moving on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that bit. <laughs> you can keep that. I'll keep that. I'll keep it in. Oh wow. Right. So we're getting onto the nitty gritty bit now. How do you feel the internet has impacted the music business? Oh, um, it's done. I I I think it's done both. The- a service and an injustice to artists. I think it's given more opportunity for your work, your work to be accessed and to be seen by a, a populace of people that wouldn't normally have seen it. But I also think it's taken out. I think it's filled, it's sort of washed down everything because you can find it on every site. So there's, it's impossible to know, or it's impossible to reap the rewards of that traffic though all those streams all these people coming coming to your door to listen to your listen to your music so i think it's i think i think it's both a, a, a gift and a curse to to us in regards to being able to put the stuff out there but not to pull in the rewards or our dues based on what we turned out if that makes yeah. sense no yeah that makes sense so then following on to that then right this this question was like, if you could change anything about the music industry, what would it be? Um, I. Yeah, I'm throwing think... you some zingers, then I. Yeah, I, I think the. I, th- I think just a moral code, a moral compass, would be the biggest thing that I'd want to inject into it, and that's. <clears throat> that's a guidance that, we we all just want to create you know i think i think we just all need to be looking out for each other in regards to like what's going to be best for for the person the product and things like that um i think we've become also self-centered that we've sort of forgotten that music's a community thing it's supposed to be accessed by everybody and for everybody and the best thing as an artist is knowing that people people know your know your know your content so you know that that's great getting that support from these labels but if they don't do it with the moral compass that they want us to ensure that you're safe and you're looked after and you can continue working like that and reap the rewards from the effort that you put into the songs then i think we're going to get into some sticky water but yeah that's why we're different (laughs) that's why we're different at madness records we don't we do everything very different as you could probably tell already you know, we'll, we'll look after you, we'll protect you, and we'll do what we can for you, and you just do whatever you want to do. Mm. Which I think is... Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's just getting a bit too... It's just so money-grabbing at, at the top. And I, I'm completely aware, like, they've got, they've got to make... You know, everyone's got margins, and everyone's got things they need to cover, and costs happen. But I think when it comes to the detriment of the artists and taking away their creative license in there and owning what they what they've created i think yeah that's not the that's not the right process to be going down that was a very thought provocative uh, answer there so what would you be doing right now then if it wasn't for your music career uh i think i'd still be doing really the role that i am now so i work freelance in theater and events um mainly on the production side uh 
creating shows and events and festivals and things like that. So I think I'd still be doing the same role that I am. I don't think I'd be in any, any different a place. I think I'd struggle a lot more because it's a good outlet. I think I think it helps release a lot of stuff and takes a lot of stress out of the day. So, yeah, I, I think I'd just be in the same position, but <clears throat> more angry. <laughs> just more angry. Just more angry. <laughs> just more angry. Just <laughs> well, what is the best advice that you have been given then? Um, Music-wise... Or general, you know, because you said that you'd be less angry. So I thought maybe if you got some really good advice about how to, you know. I think I think one of the biggest um, uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest bits of musical advice that I was given was always carry two guitars when gigging because you do not want to look like a lemon when a guitar, when a string goes on stage, just swap the guitars over. So even as the smallest touring musician, is always carry, unfortunately, always carry more than you need. <laughs> so that you've got, so that if anything goes wrong, you're ready. And that's the worst of it, is that whenever you've got two guitars, all, all your guitars are fine. Whenever you've got one guitar, that guitar's going to go. It's like the, the law of life. Uh, and then I think the other the other bit of advice was um, was failure is not falling over; it's the fear of getting back up again. So essentially, it's not you know you don't you don't fail by getting things wrong; you fail by not bothering anymore. So and I think that's what drove me to go back to university and what what drove me to sort of have another crack at going back into the music world and and that's because you never you you ultimately can always stare in the mirror and go what if um but if you just do it then you know the what if already so you won't be asking those questions down the line and you can sort of always shake it off so as long as you focus on trying and trying again because obviously there will be a point where you go maybe it's not or it's always around the corner but either or of those attitudes means that you're always you've made a decision and you're continuing down that road. Yeah. Well that was very that was very good. I, I really like that one. I really like that answer. <laughs> so when going back to obviously you're going to be performing live soon and going back to that and uh you've met, you mentioned <coughs> that you, you you like to do you want to get people with random talents to just tour with you and all that. Uh, <laughs> if you could open up a show for any artist, who would you love to open? do the open up a show for? Oh, um, I think Frank Turner would be, would be incredible to, to open up for. I think as a STEM, as a STEM, feel like there's a lot of his style in what I do one man one guitar I think is is but he's also very sing-songy he's very heartfelt with what he produces there's a real spectrum and variety of the content he produces he can do it on his own he can do it with his band um so I'd love to I'd love to yeah I'd love to open up for him um and share the audience that he shares yeah Okay, 
So what would be, what is your favorite song to perform then when you are performing? Oh, um, I think, I mean, I haven't, I haven't performed it live, live, obviously, in a setting, but I've, I've, I've shared content with friends and this seems to, King's Cross seems to be um, a good, strong favourite amongst friends, which I think I'm going to enjoy more performing now that they know it straight from the cuff because, you know, hopefully within the first 30 seconds, everybody's singing along. So, yeah, that's 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 probably my favourite to, to perform at the moment is King's Cross. Okay. So what's next for you then on your agenda, especially with uh, uh, for over the next two years? So, obviously in that time, like we said earlier, get a shape of this EP. Um See where some of these new influences in London take me. So living south of the river now, I am hoping to experiment with some new styles. I've got some new equipment that I just want to play around with. Um, get that shape, get that feel and that form. Overproduce the amount of music that, you know, keep turning out content because you can always you can always bin stuff. You know I mean, it's harder to try and pull stuff out of your head when... when you're in moments of dire straits so just have more stuff than i need ready for creating that first album creating that first proper bulk of probably mixed catalog like but a lot of stuff that i've written from five years ago and a lot of stuff that might turn out in the next six months which would be quite nice it's it's it'll be like a collection of five years worth of of my of what what i be believe to be my best work yeah okay well i've got a very very serious question for you now why are manholes round why are manholes round i don't know is that gotta be that's gotta be to to do with getting something down there is it well i don't yeah i mean all manholes all manholes. Why? Why are they round? Surely a hole is no a definition of a hole, isn't it? It's got to be round, is it? Because a hole can be square. You can get a square hole and a <laughs> square peg. Have you got an answer for it? No, there is no answer for it. There is no answer for it. No, it's it's just a fun question. I thought I'd throw in, you know, kind of throw you off track a little bit. Man, I was round. There's yeah, I did yeah. There must be an answer. There's got to be an answer for it now. Have you actually looked to see if there's an answer? No. No, I just thought I'd throw that zinger in for you, try and catch you off guard a little bit. <laughs> All right, so... What if, I told, what if I told you manholes around because it's the best shape to resist the compression of earth around it? Did you just Google that? Yeah, because there's got to be a reason for it. But it doesn't <laughs> make sense. They're easier to manufacture than square or rectangular shapes. And because manhole covers are heavy, being round makes them easier to move from place to place. You just roll them. Wow, okay. <laughs> right. Okay, well... Looks There's like... a decent bit of knowledge for the viewers. Yeah, a nice little bit of general knowledge there. At least that we've got an answer to a question that I just came up with at the top of my head. So that's something. <laughs> 
if you had to work but you didn't need the money what would you be doing if i had to, if i had to work yeah oh god uh i think i mean ultimately yeah first things first is that like i'd love to be a musician but with a bigger content around it so it'd be like with a show so yeah. i'd be like event creating as well so if i've got the time and i don't need the money and i'm just doing it for the love of something yeah create creating shows and content and event and exciting fun experiences i think for people things fair they can enough. enjoy yeah, fair enough now you were saying earlier with uh when it was about your advice about looking in the mirror and asking what if so my question for you is do you have any regrets uh i don't think so at the minute no i think a man is only old when his dreams turn to regret so if you're still dreaming and you can't have regrets yet you can still make it there so i think i think i'm still pretty I think things are hard. I think everybody has it hard. And I think we've maybe questioned some of our choices, but I don't think I regret anything because I'm still nowhere near down the path that I'm still traveling. You know, we're all still, we're all still plowing down the road. So as long as I'm heading down the right road for myself, then I, I think, no, I think just got to keep pushing through and hoping your, your hard work pays off. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Which famous musician do you admire the most? Famous musician. Uh, I don't remember his name now. Fame. Um. I saw. I saw his odd one. I can circle back to it if you like. I think I think if I'm gonna, I think I'd have to I'd have to just say, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. On on on. On the basis of what, like as a showman, I think. I I think that there's no one there's no one else that really stood out next to him and as a lyricist as well as a songwriter and a composer like incredible yeah incredible talent um would love to have seen him live i think really is the answer there that's one of the artists that i would love to have seen yeah perform so do you sing in the shower and what do you sing it depends on what the vibe is because I have different shower songs really for every every week. They sort of change up different shower songs. So at the minute, it's bad sounds. Um, just, I can't remember the title of the song now. Honestly, by bad sounds is uh, is what I've, what I've got banging out in the morning at the minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Mr. Hems, would you like to come back on this show at some point again in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. hopefully when I've got some more content under the belt and there's some things to share. And uh, 
we'll do some more uh, street furniture research and we can ask some questions about lampposts and uh <laughs> well and you heard it here first everybody <laughs> yep you heard it here first when he comes back on he's gonna we're gonna have some proper zinger questions for the next time but in the meantime when danny does come back on if you've got anything at home that you would like to ask danny just put your questions down in the comments and next time we have him on we'll read them out to him and the more bizarre questions, to be honest, would be the better. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Danny, for your time. I'll catch you again in the future. And in the meantime, everybody, stay safe out there and make sure you hit like and subscribe because it definitely helps the channel. Catch you all later. <laughs>